0: hello my fellow spirits demons and cryptids i'm delighted that you've come i have a story to tell you something that happened long ago or recently it's difficult to tell what with time being a figment of our imagination even so allow me to be your narrator your guide to a place similar to ours filled with people similar to you as they face the strange the dangerous and the mysterious make sure you're comfortable but not too comfortable And if you feel something watching you, don't worry. That's completely normal. Have you ever been somewhere so amazing that you never wanted to leave? Was that place ever somewhere that didn't really exist? I remember that place. It was freaky at first. I used to not remember my dreams when I went to sleep. When I found myself in this forest with no way out, I started to panic. I was relieved when I woke up, but it stuck with me even throughout the day. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I told my buddy Wes, which I immediately regretted when he chuckled. Dude, you were scared of a forest in your dream? It doesn't seem like something to be creeped out by, Wes replied. Yeah, but I never remember my dreams, and then all of a sudden I'm in this forest with no escape, I explained. Will, dude. If you want to hear about scary dreams, then I can tell you a ton of them. Once I dreamed that you, me, and Zach were in this building, and I think we were renting a moving truck for some reason, but then the place caught fire and we died. Dying is freakier than some forest. Yeah, whatever man, I don't know, it was just weird. I wanted Wes to understand somehow that it was abnormal. Regardless, I dropped the subject. I considered telling Zach about it later, since Zach and I were roommates and he was pretty open to listening, but he had enough to deal with while with his ex messing with him. Besides, Wes was right, it was just a dream, and it wasn't that horrifying in retrospect. I forgot about it for a while. I was trying to work for this couple who just started a business, but they had no idea what they were doing. I gave the restaurant maybe six months before it went under. They were nice people, but they really needed some more direction if they were going to start their own food company. The free food was a decent perk though. I ended up quitting the job. It was painful to see them floundering and they were having trouble paying me anyway. The night after I quit, I found myself in the forest again. I was wandering around, paying little attention to the area around me. I decided to run in one direction until I could see something familiar. I heard voices of my parents, So I ran that way. From the other way, I heard Wes and Zach calling around for me. I hesitated before I started running towards them instead. I tried to call out to them, but my voice was too soft. I tried to shout louder, and I finally did, but to no satisfaction. The forest became still. I strained to listen for any voices, but there wasn't anything at all. I didn't hear the wind through the trees, no critters running around, not even my own breathing. The forest was so silent that I began to feel scared again. Was there nothing here? I turned around, but froze. There was a deer in the distance. It wasn't making any noise, but I felt relief in seeing another living creature. As it walked forward, sniffing the ground, I became aware of some disturbing differences to any normal deer. First of all, the deer was huge. It was more the size of a moose, but probably even a little bigger than that. I've never seen a moose before, but I imagined its back would be higher than me. This thing had to be at least ten feet tall without the antlers. The antlers, however, stretched out high and split into a lot of different places, twisting into spirals at the end. When the creature turned its head to look around, I flinched. The deer had four eyes, two on each side, one above the other. The part that made me flinch, though, was the mouth. It had white, sharp, scissor-like teeth. The nose wasn't at the end of the muzzle. It was almost between the lower set of eyes. The mouth, instead of going left to right, split the muzzle down the middle, starting a little bit down the nose. Its muzzle stretched apart, and I was able to see its lips curl away from the teeth as it yawned. Curiously, my heart didn't race. My body didn't tense. I did, however, feel my body tingling everywhere. It was like my skin wanted to separate from my body, like hundreds of worms were digging through my body just beneath the surface. The thing turned its head to look right at me. When my eyes opened, my body was still tingling, but I now had the freedom to rub my arms and legs and shake the feeling away. What the hell was that? I said to myself. I was first alarmed that my clock was blaring nearly noon. But settled down when I remembered that I quit my job. I felt immediately tired thinking I'll have to start looking for another job, but refrained from going back to sleep with the deer still fresh in my mind. I wanted to tell Wes, but he'd probably be a jerk about it again. I decided to tell Zach once he got back from work. I spent the day trying to work up the energy to look for another job, but ended up just watching videos on the internet. I somehow found myself at a funny animal video when Zach barreled through the door. Hey, man, I started. He tossed his keys on the counter and offered the light mumble of recognition before pulling out his phone and going into his room. Maybe telling him about a weird dream I had wasn't the best thing for now. I left him alone to shower and argue with his ex while I kept watching videos and browsing the internet. Eventually, I got frustrated with myself doing nothing to the point where I had a list of places written down that were looking for employees. Satisfied, I went to bed. I was nervous for a few nights, thinking that I was going to dream about the forest again. But days went by really quickly, and I didn't remember a single dream. I was beginning to think everything was back to normal. Wes, Zach, and I decided to go to a monster truck rally one night. It had been forever since I had been to one. Wes drove up to us on his new motorcycle to show it off. Check it out, he grinned. Isn't this awesome? Yeah, man, Zach crossed his arms with a smirk. It's almost as awesome as my bike. Whatever, Zach, your piece of junk needs a lot of work. Well, how about we have a race sometime, and then we'll see which one needs work, Zach replied. He looked my way. Will, you can be the flag. Both of them laughed. Shut up, Zach, I mumbled. They liked to give me a hard time ever since I had my license revoked. I got pulled over and hit with a DUI. And it would be another four months before I was allowed to get a new one. On top of that, I didn't have a stable job, so I not only didn't have money for a bike, but if I didn't find some way to make money soon, I'd be in debt with Zach for rent. I felt guilty about how much of a deadbeat I was. Zach was pretty much supporting the both of us. I had no car, no license, no job. I hardly cleaned i didn't cook i just retreated into my room and spent the day binging on movies and browsing the internet i couldn't even provide emotional support i was horrible at giving advice or paying attention or really caring much for anyone's problems before i was able to justify all my faults because at least i was paying rent the severity of needing to find work soon made my body tense we went inside the arena where the rally would be taking place Wes bought me some food which I told him I'd pay him back, but I was sure he wasn't holding his breath. I planned to make good on my debts eventually. We got into the rally and found our seats. Zach had earplugs because he couldn't handle the sound and didn't want to go deaf. Wes and I gave him a lot of shit for it. The motorcycle racing was by far the most interesting of the opening acts. One of the guys messed up in midair and hit his head on the handle. He let go of the motorcycle, which hit the hay circling the course, and he fell onto the ground unconscious. They had to get a stretcher to take the guy to the hospital. A lot of people were hoping that he'd be okay. There was a bit of intermission to get everyone back in the excitement of monster trucks. Some more people did tricks on motorbikes. Two cars dressed up like dragons fought it out with fire coming out of their mouths. Then there came the main event. The announcer shouted over the crowd to the sound of revving engines introducing the trucks that were going to perform. Wes knew about most of the guys. He kept up with the monster truck names and the drivers. He kept telling me a little bit about each driver that came out, like I cared. I just wanted to see some cars get crushed. But hold on, the announcer shouted as the trucks lined up. We have a newbie on the race today. Already a crowd favorite, she tears apart the smaller trucks like paper. She gives even the biggest drivers a run for their money. "'Give it up for Diana Gracie and the crushing cannibal!' The final truck entered the ring. I felt myself raising from my seat and grabbing Zach and Wes's shoulders. "'It's the thing!' I cried before I completely registered what was going on. Painted on each side of the truck was the deer from my dream. It was black with glowing white eyes, staring at me. It was vaguer than when I saw it, but the silhouette was no mistake. I found myself having a hard time breathing.' What the hell is wrong with you, Will? Zack shouted at me. Wes, who must have heard me despite the crowd, chimed in. "What thing? Sit your ass down. You're being an idiot." The thing from the dream. I tried to clarify as I sat between them again. I immediately regretted it. Wes and Zack both looked at me like I had gone insane. I think I heard Zack say, "What dream?" But it was drowned in cheers and revving engines. My friends turned to focus on the race while I had a tunnel vision on the decal on the crushing cannibal. Could the driver know what the deer was? Did she have the same dream? On the other hand, could it maybe be that I've seen this picture somewhere before and just dreamed it up later? I really wanted to know, but I didn't want to seem like a creep to anyone. Throughout the whole show, I struggled with what was stronger, my curiosity over the decal or my fear of humiliation. After the show, the racers met everyone in the lobby to give out autographs and merchandise. I took a brochure of the race and stood in line to speak with Diana, to the annoyance of my friends. I watched her talk to everyone as they came up to her. It was a relief to see that she had seemed really nice. She even posed for a few pictures without any hesitation. I felt less nervous approaching her, but I was still worried that she would think I was a complete nutcase. Will you sign this? I asked her. After a second, I added a quick, please? Yeah, absolutely, she agreed. Did you like the show? I, uh, yeah, it was good, I shrugged. Um, actually, I have a question about your truck. Sure, I'm always up for answering questions. I kinda was wondering about the decal, I blurted. Is it like, maybe inspired by anything, or? I trailed off, gesturing awkwardly with my hands. She looked at me with a blank face, like she didn't understand the question. In hindsight, I think she was assuming the question would be about the mechanics, so I must have thrown her off. Oh, you mean, what's the inspiration behind the crushing cannibal? Actually, I don't really know. I got the decal commissioned from this guy, and he did a really great job. It looked familiar almost, but I guess it's because it looks so much like a deer. So you don't know where it came from? It's just a deer someone drew? Well, no. I commissioned a creature that looked innocent but is a little terrifying, and the guy drew this. It wasn't meant to look like a deer specifically, but I guess that's the innocent part I asked for. I love how graceful it looks, but the eyes and teeth and the weird mouth makes it surreal. So you didn't, like, dream it up or anything? Diana raised an eyebrow. I felt like maybe I should have stopped while I was ahead. No. I don't remember any of my dreams. Seems like a kind of creepy thing to dream up, though, huh?" she offered. I knew she was just trying to be polite and not make me feel like a total idiot, but I was so flustered that I just wanted to get out of the situation. "'Well, thanks,' I replied before turning to leave. I almost forgot to grab the pamphlet I asked her to sign. "'If it helps,' she called out to me. The guy I commissioned it from was an account online. His username is dreamscape3636.' My face was hot, but through the embarrassment, I tried my best to remember that username. At the very least, I could maybe go through his archive. Wes was laughing at me, but Zach didn't say anything. I tried to keep from looking at them. Once we got home, Zach blocked me from going to my room. Dude, what was up with you tonight? Huh? I looked up at him. We both knew I was acting like a total weirdo, but I didn't want to confess to anything. I didn't want him to act like Wes did. Nothing, dude. Why? first it was the grabbing mine in Wes's arms and freaking out, then you just had to talk to the truck driver, and the whole way home you were just completely vacant. Will, what's up with you? I sighed. He just had to go and spill it all out. I had to tell him something, and I wasn't quick enough to think of a good lie. Alright. Well, I had a dream and the decal on the truck just looked like something from the dream, okay? But it turned out to be nothing. You had a dream that had a creature look like that? Zach raised an eyebrow. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I think I maybe just didn't remember seeing a picture of the thing online or something, and I dreamed about it. It was just strange, because I usually don't remember my dreams, but every time I've remembered a dream so far, it's been in this damn wooded area, and it's freaking me out a little bit. Even though I know it's stupid to get scared about dreams, I just can't help it. But it's really nothing. It's fine. Well, you know my sister knows about weird dreams and stuff. You want me to contact her or whatever? I mean, if it'll calm you down. No, I looked away. I didn't want everyone to know I've been losing my mind over two dreams. I haven't had the dream in, like, a week. I'm sure it's fine. Thanks, though. Yeah, no problem, Zach replied, hesitant. He passed me to get to his room and get ready for bed. I was left in my room to my thoughts, wondering if the deer was really something I saw before or if there was something else to it. I kept trying to tell myself to let it go, but something kept me connected to it. Dreamscape 3636, I recalled. I sat up and pulled out my laptop. I had to know. Of course the internet was slow. It always seemed to be the slowest when I needed the internet most. It certainly wasn't this slow when I was browsing. I searched the name for images, and to my relief, there were results. There was a blog and an about page for Dreamscapes 3636. This better not give me malware, I muttered. I read the about page and found out very little. The guy's real name was Diego Francisco. He'd been doing art for years, and he listed a bunch of inspiration artists with creepy backstories like Van Rixen and Rita McGrary. I saw the decal he drew for the monster truck driver, and he had up this piece with a hunched over humanoid creature with a long neck and a needle in its hand. But everything else required a subscription to the website to see. I considered it, then remembered I had no job and no money. I sighed, frustrated. This looked like another dead end. I put the laptop away, then went to bed. I spent what felt like an hour staring at the ceiling. Eventually, I drifted to sleep. I was running through the forest, trying to get away. Everything looked the same. I couldn't find anything to mark my spot. At one point, I couldn't run anymore, despite not feeling out of breath, and hid myself behind a tree. While I sat there, I noticed that there was a cave nearby. Curious, I walked towards it. I felt the mouth of the cave. It was cold, rough, and bumpy. A dark blue crystal covered the entire mouth. I wandered in a little closer. It felt claustrophobic, and for a moment, I was trying to convince myself to leave. Once I was completely inside, however, I was entranced by the glistening sparks of white, yellow, blue, and red among a space that was otherwise completely black. For a time, it felt as though I was standing in the middle of space, looking onto the countless galaxies beyond. Before I felt claustrophobic, But now it felt so small. What meaning is there to my life? The dark galaxy faded and morphed into my room's ceiling. I stared at it for a small time. Weird. For the first time, I didn't wake up scared of the forest. Instead, I felt almost motivated. I thought about the galaxy cave. It stuck with me while I filled out application after application. I had 13 done by the time I realized I hadn't eaten all day. Zack was due to return from work soon, so I figured, why not cook some dinner and have some leftovers for him? It wasn't fancy. I just popped a lasagna in the oven and threw some bagged veggie mix into the microwave. Even so, I felt accomplished. Zack came in just as I was serving myself up a plate. Hey, Zack. I made dinner. You're welcome to it. Zack faltered a little and set his keys down. His eyes were wide. Whoa. Will, are you feeling all right? Shut up and eat, asshole, I replied. I just felt like cooking, okay? You've never cooked in the entire time I've known you. Who are you and what have you done to Will? Are you gonna eat it or not? It's just shit I threw together. It's no big deal. Regardless, Zach seemed a little bugged about it. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I just wanted to celebrate having accomplished a bunch and I didn't have money to order pizzas. So lasagna was the next best thing. Whatever, I thought. Zach could think what he wanted. That got a plate for himself. He complimented the food, as though I did more than just heat it up. Still, it was appreciated. I could see he wanted to talk to me about something. I figured it was about his axe, but it never came up. Instead, we talked about movies we liked and stuff we both wanted to do once we were in a better place. I didn't tell him, but I was relieved to talk to him, even though we were both so lonely. For that night, we were together. A couple days passed, and I still hadn't heard anything from the places I applied to. Finding a job was always so long and grueling, it took me four months to find work at the failing restaurant, and I had to find that through a friend. I was starting to get nervous about the whole situation. What if no one hired me? Was all that work before for nothing? In the nights where I dreamed, I entered the forest with a less panicked feeling. I started to take in the trees and the plants around me. There were a lot of plants that I didn't recognize, some that I didn't think could even exist in reality. One night, as I continued to wander around that alien terrain which was slowly becoming more like home, I heard something go... meep. It was faint, but abrupt enough for me to take notice and look around. I heard it again. It sounded almost like a kitten, the kind that would squeak instead of meow. I wandered near, a clearing, and before me, in a ray of spotlight, was a long-tailed rabbit with blue fur. It meeped again, its entire body jumping at the act. It scurried around, sniffing the ground before uprooting what looked like a radish except it was grey and twice as large. I watched it nibble on the vegetable while other meep sounds surrounded us. Other little cat rabbits came out to look for grey radishes. Some had yellow fur, others were red, and there were some light green ones as well. Their pastel coloring reminded me of spring. Some cuddled against each other. Others jumped on each other and tugged their long ears. Some batted at others' tails. They looked so furry, I wanted to pet one. I began to bend down when I spotted something peeking from the other side of the clearing. Its large antlers camouflaged with the swirly branches of the trees, and its tan coat kept its large body inconspicuous. But I could see four bright green eyes on a lowered head. I froze. The deer was so swift, I didn't even notice it move until the cat rabbits fired up a commotion of meeps and began to scatter. One of the cat rabbits squealed. I turned my attention to the little blue one I saw first, thrashing as it was picked up by the deer. The mouth covered most of its tiny, furry body, and then, to my horror, I saw the cat-rabbit twist and go limp after the deer's maw snapped closer together with a loud crunch. I shot up from bed, panting. I turned to the clock that read 3 p.m. I really had to start correcting my sleep schedule. I tried to calm down my heart with a glass of water and some macaroni and cheese. Zach caught me in the dining room. Dude, you've been asleep all day. Are you sick? Maybe, I lied. Well. Just don't give it to me. I can't miss any work right now. I felt a twinge of guilt, and I was really hoping to have a new job by now. Yeah, got it. I don't think I'm contagious. Yeah, alright. Zack fell silent for a minute before he spoke again. Hey, Will? Uh, so I used to look after this kid, right? He was a pretty cool kid, but he didn't talk to anyone when he was upset, and... Well, just... If you need to talk to someone, just keep me in mind, okay?" I looked over to him, brows furrowed. The story of Zack's past babysitting career felt like it came out of nowhere, but I'd be lying if I pretended that I didn't appreciate it. I smirked and nodded his way. Yeah, thanks, I told him. He nodded and stood there a couple seconds before he left to go to his room. It occurred to me that I hadn't asked how he was doing lately and I didn't get any update on what was going with his ex. I was too upset to go ask, though. I was too embarrassed to admit that I was upset about a fictional blue rabbit to tell Zach about it. I was only awake enough to eat and watch videos online for a couple hours before I felt overwhelmingly tired again. I figured that if I went to sleep now, I could wake up earlier and go get my sleep schedule back on track. I set my alarm for 10am. That was more than 12 hours of sleep. The plan was to wake up before then, but I had the alarm set anyway. I was nervous about dreaming about the deer again, but I couldn't bear to stay awake either. I was running again, but this time I seemed to recognize the directions I was going. Strange plants in the caves became familiar. I heard the beating of hooves behind me, but I couldn't hear my own footsteps. I couldn't hear my breathing. All I could do was keep running despite the hoof prints gaining on me. I arrived at a part of the forest I'd never seen before. The reason I knew it was new was because it had trees I remembered existing in the real world. This part of the forest looked normal, the hoofbeats no longer pounded behind me. I started to walk, wondering if there could be a path or something to help me find my way back. I noticed a soft white glow in the distance. I thought it might be the moon, so I hurried towards it. To my astonishment, there was no moon. On a large tree, alone in a clearing, there was a woman's face with long white hair. Her eyes were closed and her mouth was gaping open, as though she were in the middle of a yawn. Her hair glistened and flowed like individual strands of cobwebs. I stared at the being, mortified and curious. Besides the deer, there had been nothing to try to hurt me before, but I was certainly intimidated by the decapitated glowing woman head. This was the first time I encountered something remotely human. Everything felt as though it was standing still, waiting for me to do something. Can you tell me how to get home? I asked her. I didn't know what sort of reaction I was expecting. Her stillness was haunting. After a moment of silence, I noticed that her silver hair started to grow. It did so slowly at first, but then it started flowing to the ground and the fine strands rushed like a stream deeper into the forest. I watched it disappear into the thick leaves and bushes. I was almost afraid to turn back around to look at the woman's face, but was relieved when I saw she was still exactly where she was the whole time. Did I need to follow the hare? It was bizarre, but so was everything else around here. Without any more hesitation, I began walking toward the direction of the hare. Small orbs of light surrounded my path, illuminating it. No matter how thick the forest got, I could always see it. Somehow I knew that if I deviated from the path, I would never find it again. It made me tense. The hair looked so soft and silky, but I was too afraid to touch it. I just kept following it, watching as the landscape around me changed from familiar back to the alien world I seemed to have grown accustomed to. I traveled for entire minutes without anything interesting happening. But after a while, I heard the sound of water. I picked up the pace, rushing over to where I could hear it. I came across a stream small enough to jump over it. The water was so clear and inviting. I could see little fish swimming against the current and then giving up, being swept away before swimming back to the same spot and trying to rush against the current again. Further down, there were frogs, except these frogs were scaly and had a more violet color. They croaked and hopped around like any ordinary frog. I saw my first bird by the stream as well. It had vibrant pastel colors and a light orange glow at the end of each tail feather. Come to think of it, many creatures and plants had some luminescent quality. I marveled at the small creatures around me for a little bit. I never thought about looking at the nature at home as often as I did here. After a while, though, I remembered my quest to get out of the forest. While passing through the stream, I was suddenly aware of how cool and wet the water was. The sudden sensation of feeling took my attention. I wondered how long I'd been sleeping. My alarm hadn't gone up yet, so everything must be fine at home. I watched as, slowly, more and more small creatures emerged from hiding. Were they always around in my previous dreams and I just wasn't paying attention? My attention was turned to the top of the trees. I hadn't noticed before, but there were large spiderwebs on the trees. I focused my attention and noticed that Camouflaged within the trees were spiders the size of cats with bristling cameo fur. Calico spiders? Most would be terrified of something like that, but I was never really scared of bugs. I wondered if the spiders could be trained like pets. I could train one to make a hammock for me while I rest under the shade of these trees. I caught myself wondering things as though I planned to stay. What was I thinking? I was leaving. I wasn't about to stay here. Focus, Will, I told myself. I had to keep reminding myself that the goal was ahead of me. I started to jog a little so that there would be less time between me and wherever their hair ended. Once I got a few yards ahead, I noticed an obstacle staring at me in the distance with its glowing green eyes. I froze. The deer was looking right at me. I wanted to run, but I couldn't leave the path. I thought about running back the other way, but my body wouldn't turn around. I just had to watch in terror as the deer came closer to me. It was so large that it could trample me with no trouble. My hands were shaking, and I swallowed. I remained perfectly still. Would it bite me in half like it did the poor blue cat rabbit? The deer lowered its head and sniffed me. It shook its head, stared at me, then took a step back. I watched it slowly bow its head. Afraid and unsure of what to do, I thought that it was usually polite to bow in return, so that's what I did. Once I had bowed my waist, the deer pushed its nose against my shoulder. I raised my hands to keep from falling back, and I placed my hands on its muzzle. It pressed against my hand. It closed its eyes and nuzzled against me. Did it want me to pet it? My hand almost started moving on its own. I started cradling the large head petting it between the horns and its ears and its nose. The deer was so affectionate, I started to chuckle. I was afraid of this thing? It was like a big dog, just craving attention. If I'd have known you were this cool to begin with, I probably wouldn't have been running in the first place. The deer tilted its head. I stopped petting it and started walking my path again. Sorry, buddy. I have to go home. The deer didn't follow me. It just watched as I kept going on my path through the forest. Every so often, I would look back, and the deer would always be in the distance, hesitantly following like a stray pet. At one point, I felt so bad that I couldn't look back anymore. This place was so full of so many cool plants and animals, and I didn't seem to ever be in any danger. Honestly, it was like heaven. I started to hear voices, and honestly, I didn't believe it at first. It was so ethereal for me. But when I heard my name, I knew I was finally close. I started running towards the bright light. Just outside the clearing that bridged my dream and the real world, I witnessed a scene with me in a hospital room. Wes and Zach were both there along with my older brother, my parents, and my aunt. They were gathered around me, who lay in a hospital bed with a respirator. I put my hand to my mouth. I could feel it there. He just didn't wake up, Zach's voice trembled. His alarm went off, but he never woke up. He didn't wake up all day, or that night, or the morning after. I should have called sooner. "'You've done everything you could,' my aunt assured him. "'I just wish the doctors could tell us what's wrong with him.' Everything got darker. I looked down to see the stream of hair dull and fade away. This was the place where I had to choose. I didn't know how I knew, but one way or the other, my choice would be permanent. "'The decision should have been easy.' All I would have to do is go through this clearing and into my body, then I would wake up and be free from the woods forever. But then I started thinking about the woods. I thought about the beautiful places I've been and the creatures I've seen. I felt this feeling of peace throughout most of the journey. For the first time, I had to think of what I was going back to. The world was full of hate and anger and boredom. I was unemployed without anyone to love romantically and no future. I didn't have any real hobbies, I owed a ton of money, and I didn't have any passion to do anything to impact the world. On the other hand, there was my family and the people I cared about. I didn't want them to be upset, and I knew that they'd miss me. I wanted to pay back Wes and Zach. I wanted to fall in love and see my family and be part of the chaos of the world. The ones I leave here... I could never go back i'll lose the forest forever i'll be unhappy all the time and it would just worry my family even more heck i might even become crazy after the things i've seen here and after everything was said and done wouldn't my family want me to be happy i was happy here in this forest finally i could admit it i wanted to stay here with the deer and the cat rabbits and the nature maybe there were other people too There was so much left to explore. In the end, I had to decide. Would I rather try to help fix an old world or discover a new one? I turned away from reality. I could see in the distance. The deer waited for me. I walked over to her. I didn't hear my footprints or any breathing, only hoof beats, calm and rhythmic like the beat of a fading heart. Have you ever thought about your childhood home? The place where you learned and grew and moved on from? Sometimes I think back and miss that place, but I'm much happier here, where I am. Despite my newfound happiness, I remember that old place. I'll never forget it. Thank you for listening to my tale. If you wish to find more creations of mine, please visit Harganoff Animated on YouTube spelled H-A-R-G-A-N-O-P-H. If you wish to support me or take advantage of perks such as content a week ahead of time, sneak peeks of new projects, or chances to contribute to these tales, visit patreon.com slash harganoff, again spelled H-A-R-G-A-N-O-P-H. I find such delight in sharing my stories with you. Hopefully, I will see you again soon.